Hey, welcome to CC Talk Talk, a podcast where we see and talk about life and the stories, but mostly movies. So, uh, apologies for being missing in the <laughs> last two weeks, I think. It's because uh, the COVID numbers in Malaysia, especially in Selangor, has been uh, rising. We are going up. Yeah. We're going up <laughs> So it didn't help uh, with me and Dalton Figuring out a time and planning Where we can come out of our houses comfortably And record this lah So hopefully we, we recorded a few at a go Including this one And hopefully we can keep it up In the next few weeks And also fun fact uh, Based on all the other podcasts that I listen to Actually during times like this During lockdown Listeners for podcasts actually goes down Because people are not uh, travelling People are not doing much economic activity yeah. As much as they used to before this whole COVID They're not thing. taking the public transport to work And yeah. all that So because of that uh, Podcast li- listenership has uh, went down Like across the globe lah. Mm. So I mean, It's still there Some people can just listen in on yeah. their rooms Or their office or whatever But yeah, yeah People on the go On the move They're yeah. probably not Because I guess as well A lot of people listen to podcasts yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what we're going to talk about today uh, is the state of Malaysian cinema and the Ooh. audience. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I need to introduce again. Every time I forget to introduce, just make it a point. Uh, Dalton is here with me again if you didn't <laughs> recognize his voice earlier. And yeah, um, recent news this yesterday that the Malaysian cinemas, all three of the big guys have uh, decided to unanimously close until further notice. Probably until the end of December But who knows It could go on longer Yes And uh, there's many reasons for this Obviously It's because uh, of COVID Where it has cut down The capacity of cinema halls And people are scared To go to the cinema Because of COVID But there's also Another big uh, issue That's affecting all bigger, this Especially issue. in Malaysia uh, I'm not sure about other countries But we live here So we know the audience here Is that there are no new movies Coming in Yeah uh, No new blockbusters Like Marvel Born, no, born uh, yeah, all these kind of movies where Malaysians love and crave lah, basically. They like mainstream stuff, so you're not getting any of that for the whole month of November. So they gotta, yeah, unfortunate, very, so, very unfortunate. Unlike let's say in America where they re-release classics, shorts, yeah, classics or indie movie like in Singapore, the lighthouse is selling like pancakes, yeah. hot pancakes. No, but Singapore is doing very well. Yeah. The projector over there. So just imagine in Malaysia, if you release anything in the cinemas other than mainstream blockbusters. It won't sell Which means the cinemas will die If you, if you try to re-release Let's say Shawshank Redemption For example I highly doubt That it will help the cinemas at all The only people at- Who will be attending A Malaysian cinema Screening of Shawshank Redemption Will be the crickets Yeah And probably Us and The <laughs> listeners who are listening yeah. Who actually bother To listen to this <laughs> okay. It's very little uh, It's a very unfortunate uh, Fact here in Malaysia la, That this is a problem And before we go on About this la, I think it's worth sharing What uh, me and Dalton do As a job per se <laughs> And why say. Why we have A lot of Thoughts and opinions on this topic especially la. Because of the nature of what we do Well, it's, it's part of our daily lives mm. So I run an indie cinema in Malaysia called Amanik And the, the toughest part about doing this when I first started I knew was that the Malaysian audience doesn't appreciate indie movies Not all of them Yeah, not all of them mm. A very niche market Right. So, in case you've never been to Amanik before, it's a really small place. Uh, we, do, we don't have a huge hall like the cinemas, 50 people, 100 people. Mm. Our halls are only like 4 people and 10 people. And in a way, yes, it was because we were small when we started, so we catered to our budget. 
But also it was In hindsight We knew that There was not going to be A lot of people Who were going to be into this right. So no point We spent you know A huge budget On like a 100 packs haul When we only can fill 20 people at a time yeah. <laughs> Maximum Because we know The market isn't there It's very niche yes. But for for In your particular line At least There's some people Who do go for These yeah. kinds of movies It's just that They're exceptionally Hard to find yeah. So you guys are like Fortunate on that On that front Yeah We, we had to We took time lah We took mm. almost a year To build a community And also to grow That appreciation For indie films We have a lot of Malaysian audience Or customers who came Who didn't Watch indie films Until mm. they came here And then well, In a way I poisoned them Or like Poisoned Or, or <laughs> light, Conned them Into watching and, something And like You enlightened them Poisoned yeah. <laughs> So Yeah A few of them I managed to Convert them Like in a way And I mean, it's really nice Because They didn't know That there were so many Other kinds of films Before this mm. So that's a very Just a very quick way On sharing what I do And why I've come into contact With so much Of the Malaysian audience like, like I have so much Thoughts about it like, And before I go on I think uh, yeah, you go ahead and share what you do, and yeah, he can provide a kind of insight that not many of us has, lah. Well, I'm actually a content executive at a media company here in Malaysia. So I, what I do is basically I screen a lot of titles here, and then by titles I mean TV shows, I mean movies, animation, 3D, 2D, you name it. So I make sure whether they're suitable for not just Malaysia, but for my line of work, the entire Southeast Asian audience. So basically whether they're good for you know, free TV platforms, pay TV platforms, uh, v- VOD platforms And when I say platforms, I mean there are specific audiences for each of those platforms Like you see, for example, let's say Malaysia uh, Free TV is basically cable TV, the national yep. broadcaster, R- RTM yep. in Malaysia And you know, pay TV is like Astro yep. VOD, Netflix, VU, those you know, people Especially the ones that You know People like you and me Are using Mostly right now So I screen a lot of Titles Indie You know Mainstream And sometimes Regrettably Really really Crappy titles To be honest (laughs) I'm not gonna name names (laughs) Let's just say The stuff that I see I really have like There is a market For this kind of movies here Unfortunately For for every second I see those trailers I think about Three question marks Pop up in my head Why would anyone see this But anyway I digress (laughs) What I learned From my line of work Is that the in terms of overall territory, Southeast Asia, not particularly kind on uh, independent yeah. cinema or independent content. Yeah. You know, they're not as open as the West. Uh, unfortunately, they're not as open as, uh, especially the Europeans. So they only see big names. They only see colorful and lively animation or energy. Mm. They only want fast-paced stuff. Mm. They don't want any any like feature-length documentaries. Won't sell for them. Anything too political won't sell for them. So we basically see what's good for their platform. So let's say, for example, RTM. Yeah. Well, what do they like best on their prime time slot? So they see action movies. So we push a lot of action superhero stuff to them. At least last time I remember when I was very young, I could still remember the TV2 slot had this uh, segment called Per-Release Action Movies at night. Per-Release is a cigarette brand. <laughs> so that's how I started watching all these, you know, Robocop, yeah. Terminator. They started showing all of those. Yeah. So... And are you a smoker now? No, I don't smoke. <laughs> I smoked once, I hated it. But anyways, yeah, I drink though. <laughs> but yeah, I basically market to those kind of uh, time slots to see, you know, this, which titles fit. And then, you know, pay TV, Astro is a little bit more lenient yeah. than, uh, you know, free TV, Malaysia. So we basically push more... Uh, 
for Malaysia <laughs> experimental <laughs> titles by experimental not really they still yeah. have big names but you know it's sort of less mainstream and yeah, more towards yeah. like the Oscar bait I wouldn't yeah. even tr- consider them true independent cinema now yeah. you know unless it's super huge like paranormal activity uh, and then we come to VOD mm. that's where you know all bets are off VOD is basically you have complete freedom to market whatever you want but again there's a niche when it comes to yeah. Malaysian independent Malaysian audiences who love independent cinema they, they will only go for certain rom of <laughs> Certain yeah. rom-coms, certain, you know... Churner 65 days! Oh, no. <laughs> like Joey said, you know, they will go for all this weird out there stuff that they hear all over the internet, but they're not really engaging with uh, content that is basically being acclaimed in the Western world, yeah. but have no name actors yeah. or even name directors. Yeah. Don't even talk to them about filmmakers. Like, film director culture here... Almost non-existent Except yeah. for the guys who come Most of the guys who come to Amanik Yeah Unfortunately So So that's the problem here in Malaysia The the appreciation for Movies per se la, Not to mm. sound snobbish Or pretentious <laughs> about it But uh, In all seriousness la, Okay In all seriousness um, The appreciation here is really low mm. uh, You give a movie with no action Let's just say It's just two people talking Throughout the movie Like Before Sunset I mean Just pitching the idea of Let's say Before Sunset To the, to any customer Or audience right, in, Especially in Amanik Was really Really tricky Because when I tell A lot of couples Or Whatever A group of friends That hey, yeah This show is great Before Sunset The Before Trilogy Then they ask me What is it about And when I say like, Oh it's just two people talking But the, the conversations That they have about life And all is really great And you empathize with them And you really feel Like they are real And you can fall in love With them Hmm. And especially when they heard that Huh, it's just two people talking The, the interest level is like zero Straight away It's <laughs> down uh, They don't care whether it's good or not uh, They don't care what the conversation is about They don't care They will ask, if it, is it funny? If it's, um, it's not a comedy But some they do very natural things That it can be funny If you find it funny hmm. And yeah, they were like Oh no, I, I rather watch 365 days Oh no what? Oh. So no. <laughs> That's the thing about Malaysia Like a, a movie with just a good story And good characters There's just no it, It's not enough to engage them unfortunately They want to yeah. see someone they know Someone A familiar brand yes. So to speak And they want something with a huge kick lah, You know like yeah. Whether it's huge action Or something taboo like uh, 365 days or 50 shades you know something that is a bit obscure mm. obscure in that sense la, taboo topics mm. you know, they want something weird or extravagant but anything in between where it's about life just a movie about yeah. life uh, just doesn't sell yeah. it's slice of life kind of movie the kind that does very well in Taiwan and Japan it's they don't do well here unfortunately yeah. unless it's very oh light hearted and breezy yeah. you know yeah. like you know the Taiwanese movie you're the apple of my eye yeah. it's a slice of life movie yeah. but it's directed in a very energetic and colourful yeah. way and that's why it's a huge success uh, throughout Asia not just Malaysia or Taiwan yeah and the funny thing is I realised with time is that uh, it doesn't matter about the quality sometimes. Uh, in Malaysia, the general audience, let's say if they want action, right? Hmm. They just want action. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, they just watch it. Like uh, I, recently, the Vin Diesel Bloodshot. Bloodshot. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. So or, uh, I don't want to like, see it. Or like Taken. You know, <laughs> Taken 1 is fine, okay? But then 2 and 3 came out and you really have to question the... the oh, Taken 3 was huge when it came out here. Yeah. Right? I, I, I hated the film. I, I just thought the editing is one of the worst yeah. I've ever seen in a big movie. Uh, but and, and a good... Um, 
sample or test we can have is actually John Wick. Mm. John Wick 2 and John Wick 2 wasn't actually that big when it came out in Malaysia. Mm. Why? It's because John Wick 1 was actually disliked in Malaysia. Because John Wick 1 was a very character-heavy action movie. It was until the action starts and it's just yes. straightforward. But pop, it was pop, a pop, very pop, good 50-50 of mm. character. Like it was actually very slow actually if you watch John Wick 1, yeah. all things considered. Only when action starts, like you said, then it, it blows up. It's very 70s in that regard. It saves the action for the second half. Yeah. Then in John Wick 2, it's just almost all action all the way. Oh yeah. 70% action. So that's when the Malaysians are like, hey, this is actually quite an action-packed movie. And then only John Wick 3 when it came out, it, it kind of by, by then they picked yeah. up because they rewatched the first yeah. film or they watched it they haven't watched it yeah. back and then it's like wow well, a lot of them good. who watched the first one didn't like it yeah. really? yeah huh. they, they actually complained like why is it so slow it's so boring <laughs> yeah they were saying like John Wick 2 is so much better because slow, the action is there slow is the last word I would describe John Wick <laughs> even for the first one yeah, but, but that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying like you know in, in Malaysia when they want a certain kind of movie that's it. Uh, they don't. They don't want the the meaningful movies about life like Shawshank, mm. Green Mile. They just want the kick action or comedy. Even though it's lousy comedy, sure, whatever. As long as it's comedy, the fact you get a lot of the funny stuff on RTM that is. <laughs> I mean, the quality is fine. It's just like that. I mean, the stuff that goes on RTM is basically like blockbusters, like for that like prime prime action slot. I mean, in and of itself, blockbusters is harmless, but they're not really going for anything challenging you know yeah. because it's a I understand like you have to make some sacrifices from my end as well because it's targeted of an audience which has no yeah. access to pay TV no yeah. access to Astro yeah. so what you get is is a free for all children are watching it as well yeah. so you can't show anything that's right. too R rated I don't know yeah. what's up with the pre-release action movies back then when yeah. I saw the woke up uncut so, but that's another story all <laughs> that was a 90s that was a 90s the wild days wild nut days man but yeah like nowadays you have, you gotta show only PG-13 stuff you gotta show anything that's inoffensive like clean for family viewing but not too clean until you get children's movies they yeah. don't accept children's movies too so it checks and balances yeah. on you it's an, it's not to say it's unfortunate but it's the line of the business yeah. and like well, I was always bringing up the 365 days problem <laughs> you, you go on the Netflix and then the top 10 movies in Malaysia are a variation of 50 shades 365 days and then I don't know what forbidden love and things like that we, we, we are really trying our best not to make th- that movie like a tenpole of everything that's wrong with Netflix but unfortunately statistics say everything <laughs> yeah so that, that's the problem with the Malaysian audience and that affects the Malaysian cinema <laughs> yeah <laughs> because what the people are willing to watch will affect what the cinemas can show mm-hmm. at the end of the day if the, if, the, if the movies don't sell the cinemas will die at the end of the day not, not in Malaysia but in the US you're yeah. gonna tell me like Warner Brothers or Paramount will pay attention to what Netflix is showing and say Hey, let's do that because it's undemanding, it's safe, and it makes money. Let's make something like that. Yeah. And well, we get like less than subpar quality from the mainstream studios, which is worrying because now we're seeing like a trickle effect of content quality yeah. coming from Netflix and affecting the major Hollywood players. And also, in a way, uh, again, it's a chicken egg situation. The cinemas are supposed to act as like the gatekeepers in a way, you know? Let's say if the cinemas only decide to show a kind of movies then it's actually the only kind of shows the people will watch yeah. so yeah it's really a chicken egg situation of what the people want and what the cinemas show and both of them is a very fine balancing act la. and sometimes I can't blame the cinemas for not bringing in so called better quality shows because I remember from a personal experience uh, the movie Arrival 
uh, great show. I understand it's not for everyone. So a lot of people say it's slow. <laughs> Inverted. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that's the I, general consensus on Malaysia. I, I, I had the privilege of watching Arrival in the Atmos Hall when it came out here. Oh, that's great. Man. It's great stuff, but I did not appreciate the, the other mem- some other members of the audience that were in the movie and they were laughing at the inappropriate moments. Yeah. Like they were laughing at how weird the score was. <laughs> the, port, the score was amazing, <laughs> man. Anyway, uh, not only that, in my hall, I saw people laugh halfway through the movie. Ah, yeah, man. and I oh. saw a lot of phones on, people were just messaging, <laughs> and because it's slow, whatever. So, that's the problem here. When the cinemas try and they, they feel like, oh, maybe this movie could sell here, and they try. They tried. Yeah, they tried. Uh, I'll just say, la. and then Arrival <laughs> only had like a two week run in the cinemas. Yeah. It's just so sad because. I, I'm just grateful I saw it in the way it was meant to be seen but yeah, yeah. Uh, even uh, a movie that we always love and we always talk about is uh, Hereditary mm. also wasn't um, appreciated here because Malaysians specifically like the jump scare horror yeah it's very they specific. like horror with gory makeup but not yeah. actual gore if that makes sense they, they, they like to see you know characters of ghosts like covered in entrails but not the actual entrails ripping out if you know what yeah. I mean they, they like you know like say superficial yeah. um, you know jump scary yeah. kind of horror they're not big on the whole independent really get under your skin yeah. kind of horror like even hereditary. the haunting the Malaysians like the haunting where the ghost is like oh just haunting the house that's fine but if the haunting gets personal for the character a lot of Malaysians are finding it uncomfortable yeah. and they just they won't enjoy it. <laughs> they, they, they don't like haunting of Hill House but they like haunting 1999. We'll yeah. get into that later. <laughs> so, see, that's the problem here. The audience here is a huge problem. Um, and I mean, there's so many reasons to it, right? Um, culture, upbringing, education. Our government is not supporting the arts at all. So because of that, the appreciation generally in a mass audience is not as high as we which, hope it to be. Which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you were saying? Yeah, I just want to say that like in uh, the Philippines where the government actually uh, has film studies in the high school program. Right. So mm. things like that, as small as it may be, maybe just one chapter in the old arts uh, program in high school, it will open the eyes of the people to mm. appreciate things, lah, you know. And I'm not talking about super artsy films like uh, Ingmar Bergman or maybe go back to the black ones. No, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> going there. I mean, that's just, I know that's a, another step further. Yeah, that's beyond. Yeah, that's just beyond. But I'm just talking about even movies like maybe like Blade Runner 2049. That was also yeah. not appreciated. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a rare studio film which was given complete control yeah. to the director. And it's a modern one too. You, you, have, you don't see this kind of movies made now. I don't think you ever will again. Yeah. Um, you know and going back to what I was saying just now it's a real shame about you know what you say about the government not actually actively supporting you know their own filmmakers into creating very unique and diverse stories once in a while yes they they do throw a bone to them like like, like Guang uh, like You Mean the World to Me uh, Song Lap actually for those movies uh, I, I always wonder is there any stories behind the scenes unfortunately from what I found out a lot of times in these movies that get extra freedom, right? It's because probably in all likelihood the organizations, the government here, they supported them but not fully. 
So that's mm. why they had the freedom to do it because if they get official backing, full official backing, a lot of times they are probably restricted to a lot of yeah, rules or artistic. Uh, yeah. it, it, it hinders their artistic crea- yeah. uh, creativity. So very likelihood the director had to pull off their own financing, yeah. pull off Are, own favors. I think that's what like the, that. the, the 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 director of You Mean the World to Me did. Like yeah. So Tiong, he, he really wanted specifically. Uh, yeah. He wanted to tell this story in his own specific way. Yeah. So you see all these weird avant-garde shots. Yeah. Uh, really weird narrative choices yeah. uh, out there co- compared to a lot of other Malaysian movies that uh, yeah. is really out there even yeah. the, the cinematography he brought in Christopher Doyle who is Wong Kar Wai's mm. regular cinematographer in, to, to frame the film up and it looks gorgeous like probably the best looking Malaysian film I've seen see and if the officials were involved mm. I have a feel that they were like oh this scene is a bit uh, cut down the yeah. one time it's too boring <laughs> you know, faster 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 they'll probably say why did you bring in Christopher Doyle we have I mean I'm not knocking the Malaysian cinematographers yeah. here some of them like the, the, the guy I'm sorry if I don't get his name right but the guy, the, the cinematographer for Guang mm. did exceptionally yeah. fine work yes. I'm not saying that there's a lack of uh, creative talent in, when it comes to cinematography but you know Christopher Doyle is like a huge snack for Malaysian cinema yeah. like to have him work on a project like this a personal project for Seo Tong Hin right it's a major milestone mm. uh, when, when you compare with other Malaysian films trying to break out into the international market like we're trying to establish our own cinematic identity you yeah. know and we're still struggling one cinema we do get bones thrown at us yeah. now and then you know we, we get legit, legitimately good films yeah. trying to get their submission into the Oscars yeah. but those are like few in between you know, yeah. only in recent years it started to pick up yeah. starting with Ola Bola yeah. like they really started to pick up the pace after that even then so, yeah even then with a whole kerfuffle about the language being <laughs> used <laughs> now, absolute rubbish okay <laughs> So rubbish. Uh, that was anyway. unfortunate. Uh, for international listeners, uh, if you're wondering what the hell you're laughing about, uh, <laughs> basically, Ola Bola was probably one of the better movies to ever come out in Malaysia in the last 5-10 years. Mm. And it was not... I have to skirt around this topic, yeah? <laughs> so, it was not recognised by the authorities just because it was not fully in the national language. Yeah. Ha. Which is a sh- Which is... Really, really ironic considering the movie promotes racial harmony and unity yeah. into achieving a single goal. And, and again, uh, for the international listeners in Malaysia, we have uh, like what five to seven races every, any, on any street. More than uh, that. <laughs> in, in our daily language, we speak three to five languages at one go. It's just so common. We are a very colorful country, and unfortunately, the authorities chose not to embrace it and even punish it. So, hey, funny stuff, eh? Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we, we digress. Yeah. yeah. So, the state of, like, Malaysian cinema here is having a midlife crisis of it, of its yeah. own. Sad to say, la, but I, I know there's a lot of good talent out there. I just wish the the people in charge would also see that there's good talent out yeah. there. They will, they will really push, you know, Malaysian cinema into the forefront. I don't... To be honest, I know cinema, like the state of cinemas right now, as in cinemas, the outlet is doing bad, but they have other ways of expressing themselves. You know, yeah. they can always go to, that's why most of the movies are now going to Netflix, yeah. they go to Amazon Prime, yeah. View. Yeah. There are other options out there for them to, yeah. get, to make their voices heard, but we need to have that unique, distinct voice yeah. that uh, what makes Malaysian cinema, what, like, for example, what makes Singaporean cinema like yeah. Wet Season a yeah. front runner for an Oscar nomination? Mm. You know, even Thai cinema, yeah. uh, the the gentleman who made uh, you know, Uncle Boon Me 
and the Cemetery of Splendor. Mm. Thai cinema has a distinct voice by, by itself already. Yeah. When's Malaysian's term gonna come? And it doesn't have to be like so-called like what we're talking serious movies. Yeah, or, it doesn't have to be. I mean, just look at Korea. They make K drama. It's all romance and it's all really. I cheesy. hate Korean drama. Yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> it's, it's a full style on their own. It's a, yeah. They recognize that that's their style and that's, yeah. they do it so well. Like. I mean, I don't like it. Probably like only one <laughs> but, but yeah what, what I'm saying is that It doesn't need to be serious stuff It can be mm. Maybe Malaysian comedy And then Full on Malaysian comedy What What yeah. is that style But to not too it? much Slapstick to the point yeah. Where it alienates Every single other member yeah. You know Like you look at how The, the Koreans do Very Do with their comedy yeah. It's almost universal yeah. if, Even if they're speaking Korean I could see their humour uh, Reaching out to other uh, Audiences So their level of filmmaking is on a craft higher than anyone else. Even I can say even higher than Japan, which was the standard for Asian cinema mm. before Koreans took over. Yeah. You know, Parasite and all that. Yeah. So their cinema and their drama, two completely different, different. types of uh, <laughs> content. You know, Entirely. and mood. Like yeah. you know, drama. You, you expect something from a Korean drama, but their cinema is hog wild. Yeah. You have no idea what's gonna come out from yeah. these guys. You know, and some most of these guys are cinematic geniuses. Like, you know, Park Chan-wook, Kim Ji-boon, Bong Joon-ho, who yeah. won an Oscar for Parasite. Yeah. These guys are, you know... Lee Chang-dong. Oh, Lee Chang-dong. After Burning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, we have to do an episode of Burning. <laughs> Insane show. I mean, okay, one thing also that I understand is that, unfortunately, when it comes to cinema and the audience, it's tied back to the government. Because what the government does to support, whether, like I said earlier, to educate the people to appreciate more movies or not, that is one thing. Another thing that the government can do is to give grants to filmmakers and the freedom to create the stories that they want. That's also another thing. One more thing is to recognize the arts or at least the movies as not as just the arts or entertainment, but as part of the economy. Because in Korea, the government actually treats their K-drama or... The K-pop as part of the economy, not just an entertainment sector. It is part of the economy. It's huge. Yeah, because it it garners millions, mm-hmm. and just like America, you know, a country which is so great at creating value out of nothing, yeah. which is what branding is about. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it gets the country's millions, and I think like in terms of import, let's say if you don't talk about physical import of let's say oil or palm oil tree mm-hmm. or goods, electronic goods. I think entertainment in terms of income to a nation, right? Like you look at K-pop and K-drama, like, Holy K- crap, man! K-pop's a brand by itself already. Yeah. It's not even a genre anymore. Even India with Bollywood, yeah. I, I swear they're earning so much from Bollywood, man. Mm. It's the biggest film industry on the planet right now. Yeah. It still is, you know. Always has been. Like the amount of movies that Bollywood itself is churning out yeah. compared to Hollywood. Yep. I I can't even keep track of it. <laughs> but, so, very unfortunate yeah. that the government here, not just the audience, the government itself, the people in charge to lead the industry, do not even recognize the importance mm. and the value that it can offer to the country. You know, like let's say lah, you know, Singapore has no natural resources. They don't have oil. They don't have land to grow farms. But they're on a prime location. Yeah. Uh, not just that They are really good At their business deals They yeah. give really good uh, Trading. Deals lah Tradings and all So If the country Is not doing well Like Malaysia for example Let's say if we know That we have really good comedy For example Then Market the heck out Of the comedy yeah. Create good content With the comedy Whether it is That god awful <laughs> Slapstick that you don't Really like Whatever <laughs> it is lah You know Make a name out of it And then Make it An import good itself An export import good So it's very sad lah That 
on almost all levels of how this is affected and how this is placed into the whole industry, the, the lack of appreciation is just so bad lah. So bad. I, I think they actually tried with the broad comedy route for international audience. The mm. Malaysian movie on Netflix that recently came out, oh, was that? Pasal Kau. Oh. It's from the director of Pascal. Uh, all due respect to Adrian Tay, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's a nice guy, but I couldn't finish the film. <laughs> I, I couldn't finish it. I can't even give a rating Not for it. Not bothered. Uh, no, all due respect to him. I did enjoy Pascal and Vira, but no, man. No. Not, yeah. not for Pascal Kau. Yeah. So and this also ties back to something that me and Nathan always talk about, which is the price of movie tickets here. Mm. So talking about the Malaysian cinema, right? And then we are, you know, we are all so sad that they are dying and they are suffering from COVID, right? But I swear to you, right, even before this, right, they were suffering already. If you go to America or or Australia, I was start studying in Australia, so I'm familiar with the prices there. Nathan start US was in America before it went to hell. Yeah, <laughs> and and we all know in Singapore it's so near us, right? An average price movie ticket there is 30 to 50 ringgit. Mm. And we're not even talking about Atmos, we're not talking about big screens, just a normal average movie hall. I actually cheated because I used Movie Pass, so. <laughs> Go Google that. Go Google that. <laughs> but that was also because the cinemas there were dying and they had to introduce something as desperate as Movie Pass. I, I didn't know it was doing that bad, but yeah, we'll get on to that some yeah. other time. So just imagine cinemas that in America charging 30 to 50 ringgit per ticket. They are also struggling. Hmm. So in Malaysia here, when an average movie ticket is 10 to 15 ringgit, half of what the, the people in the US is being paying for, can you just imagine how much we're struggling hmm. here? And everything else here is cheaper. The popcorn is cheaper than what is in yeah. America. And it, it's still pretty above average yeah. compared to other congestion. And I don't know about other countries, but in Malaysia, if you have certain cards with certain banks, you can get tickets as low as 5 ringgit. Mm. It's just yeah. insane. So sometimes, you know, what you pay for uh, dictates the value of the product. Yeah. You know, in some ways, it's just like you buy a Louis Vuitton handbag just because there's a Louis Vuitton name, it's what, 5,000 ringgit or something or more, I don't know. But then if you get the exact same bag without the Louis Vuitton bag, and then you're like, hey, there's no branding here, I'm not willing to pay much for it. The brand is cheapened. Yeah. Hmm. So it's the same thing with movie tickets, you know. Why are we Malaysians not willing to pay more for a movie? Especially if the experience is good. Yeah. And the Malaysian movie experience, I can tell you for a fact, is pretty damn good. Yeah. We have numbered seats. In Australia, there's no numbered seats. US as well. <laughs> yes. Free for all. It's a crazy experience. <laughs> so you actually have to arrive like 15-30 minutes earlier from the movie. And when you go into the hall, obviously you don't like to sit next to a stranger. You get a marshal or some staff to come in before the movie and ask everyone, please squeeze into the set. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't get that in the US. I got it Australia. Oh, no. oh my god, it's just ridiculous. Like, that whole experience. Man. And obviously the person in the center is not going to squeeze left or right. I'm just going to stay in the center. So, yeah, so the Malaysian movie experience is really good. Our seats are actually, to be honest, very clean. The floor is not sticky. I heard from mm. a friend in America, the floors there are all sticky because of popcorn and stuff. Depends on which theatre you go to. Yeah. Like, when I was... I mean, in, not all. Uh, not all of it, la, a, I mean. But, you know, Chicago being a big city, mm. they take great pride in their Cin- you know, cinemas. So, everything is like very spick and span, very mm. clean. Uh, so it's it's great it's great for cinema lovers you know like myself I would usually go in and sit at the top row corner and it'll still be clean still fresh you know there's no stale you know floor or mats or anything so they take good care of the cinemas in the big cities now the small towns Uh, uh, different story altogether (laughs) (laughs) in Malaysia 
Honestly, we really can't complain. Uh, 10 to 15 ringgit for a clean, well-built hall where the chairs mm. are comfortable and the seats are properly distanced apart. Yeah. And the quality of the screens are also really good and as much as I don't like like Onyx and whatever gimmicky 4D and all that <laughs> but that's a choice I mean if you're a consumer you are really mm. spoiled for choices yeah. for your so-called movie experience in Malaysia mm. so this is where again the appreciation for movies has to be questioned because the, the cinema sale they, they try to introduce IMAX yeah. and yeah it's not cheap 30 to 50 ringgit sometimes mm. for a new blockbuster like Nolan's Tenet and mm. a lot of Malaysians will say like ah oh, you're so expensive I'm not gonna pay for that la. but I guarantee you right if, they, if let's say a fan buy them for free la, uh, well everything for free is always better mm. but if let's say they step into the IMAX hall without knowing the price and they experience it uh, they experience the movie in the IMAX hall and then later on only they find out the price right I guarantee for sure they won't complain yeah. because the experience is just I, amazing I took my friend to see Interstellar in IMAX mm. I remember and this is why I'll give Nolan a lot of credit here like he films yeah. a lot of his movies in IMAX so I took my friend to see him before he has the exact same sentiments that you yeah. just mentioned like why ayo, why do I need to see this yeah. really expensive 30-50 ringgit uh, just for a movie 2 hours only not even the movie <laughs> the movie didn't even start he just walked into the hall because we, we picked the very back seat the top row he just walked into the hall one long way I can't believe it's so big oh my God. <laughs> so it's like in all all doubts were quelled for him uh, and the moment he saw the space sequences uh, I could see the look on his face uh, he, he's trans Ported into the movie itself. Yeah. That that's what IMAX does. So I'll give Nolan credit for that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just find this really funny for for international uh, listeners. And I keep really keep bringing this up because I'm really happy to see that we've actually been growing uh, a good, a, 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 still small, but the percentages of international listeners are actually growing. Mm. So I have to I have to say that the voice that Dalton did just now, wow, it's so big one. <laughs> That's actually how um, a lot of Malaysians talk. They express <laughs> yeah. the surprise. Our, our <laughs> podcast voice is like our proper speaking voice already. If you really wanted to, we'd be talking like something like this, lah, you know. This is like how we talk in Malaysia. Yeah. Very Lexi Desi girl, you know. Made back. <laughs> and we have a lot of, um, like I said earlier, you know, we are a country with multiple races living on the same street, same house, and we talk with multiple languages. So we have mm. a lot of terms like, wow, it's like our, oh my God. Me, me, myself, I probably have like six or seven different races in me. So I'm a complete, <laughs> I'm, I'm a complete mixed fruit salad in that regard. So, uh, yeah, it's just fun to explain a little bit on the language that we use. If you're wondering what's wow, sometimes when we talk, I, I know that we use the word la at the end of, uh, yeah. go Google that, like, that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Uh, okay, not to stray too far from the topic. So yes, the, the movie appreciation here is so low and yeah. people are they, not willing to pay they, for it. They, so they don't, no, the thing is, it's not that they're willing to pay for it. They, they can complain and they can say how expensive it is all they want. One, people are still going to go to the theatres no matter how many comments we see on the internet. Yeah. They're saying, oh, it's expensive. Yeah. I go to Tenet, the theatre was nearly full. Yep. You know, So the cinema culture is not dead. People are still willing to go. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. It's not a matter of if. Uh, but the problem is the big studio has a diff- uh, we have, has a much bigger issue on their hand right now with Hollywood in the state of the US movies and the other thing is they don't know what they got until they experience it yeah. they, 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 they can sweet talk their way into saying oh this is expensive or this is like not really ideal for me not yeah. to say ideal sorry not it's why 
what kind of uh, experience are we going to get when we can just see the same thing in another normal hall? Yeah. No, I can assure you it's oh, very different. Or just watch it at home on Netflix. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> oh, like, the commentators say, why watch, it on, why watch it in the theatre? I can just wait for Netflix. I watch it in my home theatre system. Yeah. Completely different ballgame yes. when it comes to like very premium formats like IMAX. Yeah. Until they see it for themselves, yeah. all bets are off. Yeah. You know? It's just the same thing like how I run Amanek in our first six months here convincing people to pay 20 ringgit for a movie in Amanek mm. especially when we are not a huge hall or like you know big screen IMAX yeah. like DGV or GSC then a lot of people who come here and they're like huh? A small room like this? Mm. Uh, just to bring it up we use HD projectors the quality mm. is really good like, the sound and all we really put a lot of effort into that mm-hmm. but a lot of times when people step up into our shop it's a really small shop lot mm. and they're like I'm going to pay 20 ringgit for this uh, <laughs> minuscule experience <laughs> and then the question marks is all over their face la, until they sit down play the projector up mm. and they have a seat they hear the sound and yeah the next thing you know they're already planning for a booking immersive and, yeah and I, I, I was thinking of getting a television mm. until I came to your shop the first time. I saw the projector and I'm, like, I'm getting a damn projector. It's the same thing, man. Before I opened this shop as well, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a TV. Until <laughs> it was a I realised that how affordable HD projectors are yeah. right now. And the screen is not huge. Um, for those who haven't come here before, it's about, about 8 to 9 to 15 feet. The good thing is that it's space at the optimum distance from right. the seat to the screen. So when you watch it, it's almost the same ratio as the IMAX yeah, screen. Yeah, you're still being enveloped by the movie screen itself. Yeah. Also, just for conversion's sake, uh, you said 20 ringgit per entry, right? Yeah. For comparison, that's about slightly more than 4 American dollars. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 4 USD for you. Oh my god, our currency is so low here. It used to be like a 5, but... Uh, what to do <laughs> uh, and since we're sharing about this I'll just share a bit about how see when I run Emmanuel and then I have some customers who ask me like hey why don't you bring this movie in why don't you bring that movie in the problem is our currency here is so bad and I'm sure this affects um, the bigger cinemas in Malaysia oh so yeah definitely to bring in movies you have to pay the studio's licensing fees mm. and obviously these studios are in America they deal in USD which is four times our ringgit correct so imagine the cinemas here including myself running a small indie cinema we have to pay in USD, which is really it Rice just drives trees, the yeah. cost up already mm-hmm. there. And if you're gonna be just you know bringing that all sorts of movies in without knowing if people will watch it, it will kill us eventually. Yeah, because we have to work four times harder than America to fill up the cinemas to recuperate the cost. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things working against running a cinema in Malaysia and, and right now that whole system's in jeopardy. Like yeah. I'm going to bring an interesting and frightening topic up. So this whole COVID thing, you know, Malaysian cinemas right now, they're closed. Uh, Can't be helped, you know. You want to keep, stay safe, one, no blockbusters, two. What if there's no blockbusters for one year? And then everything goes to streaming, you know. What's going to happen to other international cinemas that are not America, that is not Europe, or the big parts of Asia like China, Hong Kong, Japan, Singapore? They're they're gone. They're like us. Well, what's what's the point of showing uh, Malaysia, say for example, if example, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but yeah. example, what if James Bond goes to Netflix? So, like they planned the six hundred million dollar deal with Apple. What if yeah. they did it did go through with that? Then you see all the other blockbusters follow suit. Yeah. You see Black Widow follow suit. You see Fast yeah. and Furious go to Universal Prime or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then they say we're not gonna bother with other countries like Malaysia because it's gonna be the licensing fees are gonna be very expensive. One. And it's like it's we're pretty much getting back all our profit anyway. What's Malaysia's profit to us? Yeah. Cool. So it's like 
there you go you know we no more blockbusters we're gonna be stuck with uh, no more cinemas also man. no more cinemas also who's gonna every, even the local content is going online now yeah. so that's it like, that's the death of the entire industry yeah. it's really sad um, and a lot of people I know there's, there's some people who will say yeah why do I need to watch it on the, in a big screen when I can just watch it at home hmm. and it's something that you can't really explain until you experience it for yourself and like I said earlier like you said also hmm. if you step into the IMAX hall without knowing the price you watch it and then later on only you find out the price I guarantee you won't have a problem paying the 15 yeah, million you'll be more than happy it's to an pay. experience it's yeah. not just a movie you yeah. know so if if everything goes to shit <laughs> shit <laughs> if shit really hits the fan uh, it's really it's gonna really kill a lot of things like, uh, yeah. the the state of the appreciation is so low it's always been low here yeah I guess oh and okay we have time to do I, w- I want to do an episode about the chance of doing a driving cinema because hmm. uh, when COVID happened when the lockdown happened I had an opportunity to do a driving cinema I want to do an episode on this but actually it's, there's not enough on its own to do an episode so I'll just share it very quickly oh, here cool. like, yeah. um, see the problem here in Malaysia to do a driving cinema uh, I'll, I'll start from the movie appreciation point of view first hmm. is that there's no appreciation for classic films because when you do a drive-in cinema obviously you're not going to have access to the new blockbusters and even then there's no new blockbusters this year lah. Hmm. okay you're going to show older movies and in Malaysia right when you show older movies right the audience is so little lah. a lot of Malaysians will say wow I need to pay money to watch yeah. Back to the Future I just watch it at home <laughs> like what Jurassic Park I have to pay to watch an old movie just download and watch the, at home lah. The, the only old movie like considered old movie that I saw in a Malaysian mainstream cinema is the first Independence Day they, and that was because they were having a contest for the second yeah, Independence Day movie which sucked <laughs> so anyways you were saying yeah so uh, when I was first approached to do this driving cinema I, I, I was really reluctant to do it because I don't see how we can get the crowd to watch old movies mm. no I don't care if it's maybe The Matrix where okay The Matrix might join a certain amount of people Matrix because the fourth one's coming out so you know that's uh, I really doubt that will affect the uh, audience mm, coming it's, it's an old movie people will still think like it's an old movie yeah. it's the same thing like I do Emmanuel here I, half of the movies that I play are somewhat classics and a lot of people like why would I pay to watch a classic hmm. and then when they go home and watch it and then they, if somehow the fans drag them to watch it here again they're like oh wow the yeah, difference is really. just there so that's okay that's one problem and then the experience of a driving itself the screen is not as big as cinema hall it never, it never is it will never real because of the whole layout hmm. the sound will never be as good because it's open air mm-hmm. even though if you do a FM transmission to the cast the sound can only be that good lah. I'm not sure about transmit. the FM transmissions but I think even in America also now driving theatres yeah. It's usually an American staple yeah. uh, And it's picking up again yeah, So that form down. that form of cinema Is still alive in a way I'm happy for that yeah. But for some parts of Like some driving theatres in Malaysia yeah. I think not just FM transmissions One of them actually use Bluetooth speakers Yeah I, The sound won't be that great <laughs> okay. uh, If you didn't know Bluetooth can only transmit a certain quality of sound Correct If you have Bluetooth headphones or earphones That has a 3.5mm jack I guarantee you You go and Listen to whatever song or movie with your Bluetooth. Listen to the quality. Switch to a 3.5mm connection and let your ears melt. Uh, The difference is huge. But I know for sure at the end of this year, Bluetooth is going to release a new technology that will allow high quality audio transmission. Mm -hmm. So thank God for that. I can finally buy a Bluetooth headphone. (laughs) Okay, so not not to sidetrack, back to the drive-in cinema. Uh, the reason why it works in America like what Dalton said is because they love their movies that they really really yeah. love so if you play some trashy C, B grade 
horror movie like especially that that thing from the lake or whatever Black Lagoon creature yeah, cult classic Starship Troopers The Last Starfighter Americans love it it'll sell there and the drive-ins will be full they mm. love this kind of show like even like and I don't like I'm sorry to the fans I know you you have fans for this movie but Hocus Pocus yeah yeah like was like number one or number two in the box office the slow <laughs> box office in the US most of it from drive through theaters so it's like you know what do I know right yeah. they, they love they love and they appreciate the classics they, yeah. that means the audience appreciation for yeah. the theatrical experience yeah. drive through or cinema is still there yes. That's how high the appreciation yeah. is. Even, even drive through a so-called subpar movie experience, they're still willing to go for it. Mm. Whereas in Malaysia, I guarantee you, there won't be people going in. They'll be thinking, what's the point? Yeah. Mm. Because they can just watch at home and because piracy is so rampant in Malaysia. Oh yeah, we didn't even get to the so, piracy part. Yeah, oh my god. Let's just say it's really easy in Malaysia. La. Almost next the to nothing. Piracy capital of the world. Like the movie, not the world. La. Movie, not the world. Movie piracy. Not, 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 not actual piracy. That's something else. So, and another thing is the cost of actually running a driving cinema. Mm. Uh, I won't reveal much, but let's just say that even though if you're charging about 100 ringgit per car, you will barely cover costs. Yeah. Barely, barely cover costs. Mm. Because to set up a screen, to set up the audio transmission or whatever Bluetooth speaker, to rent out a lot in Malaysia, like a huge car park lot. Because unlike in America where you can find open fields mm. where nothing is near, in Malaysia, very likely you have to use a giant car park. And very yeah. likely the giant car park is next to an apartment block or whatever. Mm. And that has a lot of restrictions, yeah. a lot yeah. of uh, municipal authorities to go through. And the hassle is just freaking nuts. Freaking nuts. Maybe behind the, the, the giant screen, like we don't see it, but they have like 10 people cycling to generate the electricity. <laughs> uh, in a country where f- foreign slavery is... Slavery. <laughs> It's so prominent. I would oh, put it past that. That's okay. very bad taste, man. <laughs> I, I, the, 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 I know, it's bad. It's the, really it's bad. bad. It's really, and really bad. And I'm actually quite proud of coming up with slavery on the spot. Oh, okay. I've never said that in my life before, but it makes so much sense now. <laughs> slavery. But yeah, we have a very serious issue going on with slave, like yeah. slave labor around here. It's really, really bad. But you will see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, the cost of running a drive-in cinema is really, really high. Without uh, a solid sponsorship or financial backing, very likelihood in Malaysia is going to be a big corporation because they are the only who can afford to yeah. sponsor such an event. You cannot do it. Because when I when we first started this drive-in uh, effort, we didn't have a sponsor. And just doing the maths to pull it off didn't make sense in any way. We, had, mm. we would have to charge a car 150 to 200 ringgit and it's just crazy wow. when Malaysians are not even willing to pay 30-50 ringgit for an IMAX hall why are they going to pay 150-200 ringgit yeah. for a drive-in cinema I, I, yeah it was just nuts really really mm. difficult that's, that's, that I can see that that's very unfeasible for both the consumer and the organiser yeah. you know who and well now we are trying to save the planet so the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, pollution yeah, is a right, problem right. Uh, unlike in America let's say in winter I'm not very familiar with America but okay, Australia I'm more familiar with Australian <laughs> weather in Australian weather other than summer it's perfectly fine driving without an aircon the wind is cooling enough the sun doesn't make you sweat it's hot but you don't sweat whereas in Malaysia where it's summer all year long and it's humid as, as anything in the world it is not an option to spend two hours in the open without aircon you will sweat your armpit will sting so <laughs> so the option of 
people asking people to park a car without leaving their aircons on is a no, it's a huge no. Malaysians will want their aircon. So there also is another problem, pollution. Imagine fifty to hundred cars, two hours just parked dormant and leaving their cars on like that. Petrol consumption is one, the pollution is another. <sighs> If you ever been to a Chicago winter, you already know what Chicago uh, winter oh, feels like because man. it's like negative twenty Celsius. It was a polar vortex at not the time. Fun, uh, I love winter, but yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> so, so doing a driving yeah. cinema in Malaysia is a monumental challenge, hmm. and I always brought up this uh this thought lah. You know, if during the lockdown in Malaysia, where cinemas were all closed, we are not allowed to open. Why did the bigger cinemas not? Uh, adapt to the situation and start driving cinemas. Yeah. If the big boys doesn't do it, there must be a reason because they know themselves. It's not financially. Yeah. It's not vi- uh, It's not viable. Mm. The audience is not there to fill up the spaces, and the hassle to build and get the authorities to approve all those crap. It's just it's not. A, it's a, just a desperate gimmick. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And I'm. I don't. And I don't like saying calling things as you know gimmicks or whatever you know there's some people who are fans of these and yeah. you know more power to you if you like them yeah. but really it doesn't bring in the bucks that people want to you know yeah. like even they release all the new movies yeah. the audience just isn't here for drive to uh, cinema it's not a Malaysian thing it's inherently a American thing those Midwestern you know family going movie nights kind of thing you know for them they can watch Jurassic Park yeah. or you know Focus Focus <laughs> you know, Focus Focus you know those, those kind of movies do well in drive-thru theatres yeah. because a family of four can fit inside a car and just watch the movie from there it's a yeah. fun family night out you know yeah. I, I don't know how the mentality is going to see a movie screen on an open field in a car park like surrounded by nothing but Meadowland Versus, you know, watching in an open car park surrounded by skyscrapers. That's yeah. a completely different vibe. Yeah. Um, okay, let me just think how do I skirt around this again. <laughs> so, about five to eight years ago, if I'm not mistaken, there was a thing in Malaysia where it was like a picnic, picnic set up in an open field where you sit on the grass mm-hmm. uh, and have a basket of uh, snacks and all that as you watch the movie. Okay. Um, the general consensus is that the movie experience sucked. Uh, the sound was bad The screen was not great uh, oh, It's not comfortable Or whatever But then everyone Went there Just for the grams And the pictures the Whatever grams. I managed to speak to Someone involved with that Can't say names lah huh? uh, Even the He's one of the organisers hmm. And then when I asked him like, hey, How do you Because he was One of the persons I uh, We talked to To advise on the driving experience And he said like Ayah don't worry lah The people who go there They're not there to watch a movie even. They just want to go there And chit chat And just take picture And he, so you see, even the organizers themselves can't be bothered about the movie experience. They're not banking on the movie quality. Yeah. They're banking on the yeah. social, the the street cred yeah. that gives these grammars. You know, yeah. I sorry, I sound really condescending. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's the reality of things, lah. Right. Um. And oh, uh, something just uh, a little sidetrack a bit. In, in Malaysia, not just about movies, about music also. Mm. We are willing to pay seven to eight hundred ringgit for a concert of like an international rock band. I mean, concerts are different. Like the actual performer will be there. Yeah, you know. But we are not willing to pay for a local artist, hundred uh, percent. Even though if the ticket is half the price or mm. like fifty ringgit, we're not willing to pay. So this is back to again to our appreciation of the arts. And you know we are like always 
complaining why we all Malaysia never produce any new musician or what mm. because we don't even support them and mm. I don't even need to go so big to concerts I just talk about the bars who has uh, a stage for musicians mm. in America the bars will pay the musicians to perform or even pay the comedians to perform in Malaysia, wow, you as the band, maybe you pay the bar to give you a chance to perform. <laughs> it's just wow. crazy, yeah. So that's why the appreciation and all of it here is just not uh, right. La. It's, it's just it's not just, right. It's la. just whack at this it's moment. It's really whack. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> like like what you going back to what you said about the you know, people willing to pay for you know, foreign artists rather yeah. than local artists. So we're yeah. having like a cultural and artistic brain drain. Like these artists from America, from UK, wherever, they are not cheap to bring in to no. Malaysia. So ticket prices are high. I understand that, yeah. you know, because it's very expensive. Yes. Especially some of them, they bring know? in the props and yeah. the, dance, the dance crew and all that. Understandable. Right. Understandable. You know, but when, you know, we have homegrown artists doing the same thing yeah. here, you know, they have local resources that can yeah. build props which are equal in quality. Yeah maybe even better than yeah. what the international artists are bringing in yeah. and they get paid pennies. Yeah. So I see something a bit wrong there. Unless they're like internationally renowned like uh, Yuna for example. Yeah. Unfortunately in Malaysia the, the, the herd mentality is so strong. Mm. So strong that we rely on hype and popularity before we're willing to fork out anything for it. We, we don't have that chance, we don't have that individuality to take on something by ourselves yeah. like we, we, we rely on word of mouth I yeah. mean there's nothing inherently wrong yeah. with uh, relying on word of mouth I mean it basically makes you decide oh which one is better which one is mm. better to see better to listen better to eat but again we have to come up with our own judgement rather than yeah. just blindly saying oh this guy says it's bad let's not watch it oh this guy says it's good let's yeah. go you know it, it doesn't really work that way you have to think for yourself Home, this person is having some valid thoughts but you know what I want to try for myself I want to experience it for myself and see whether what he, what the guy say uh, has some credibility or not yeah I think we can might even do an episode on reviews itself yeah, <laughs> just can, talking can, about can. reviews because yeah like, like what you said you can't just blindly listen to someone or an article you have to hmm. read it understand it and digest it yourself and decide like, you know, hmm. whether you want to listen or not I mean it's your right to agree or disagree yeah. You know, it's not necessarily for you to say 100% oh wow you are you're the almighty critic guy who yeah. says everything whatever you say is gold I will listen to you like no don't you know I got a lot of friends who what, like come to me for my own reviews I'm like I'm not perfect like I watch a lot of movies and most of the time the movies I recommend are pretty damn good but they're my own opinions if yeah. you fi- if, I f- if I hear that you find them good that's awesome if I hear you don't like them perfectly fine you have yeah. your reasons not to like them I agree to disagree you know it's your right and I maybe I will see a reason okay this is why you don't like it it's fair yeah. but say that oh I'm like the judge jury of all kinds of uh, content like that's not really relying on your own judgment already you know you are you are exper- you are watching and experiencing the content based on your expectations on another person's word yeah. and that is wrong so yeah, I know we sidetracked a bit from our, <laughs> our original topic about the state of the Malaysian cinema slash audience slash oh. industry slash art right, scene. Right. But, but in a way, it kind of comes it, full it circle. All, yeah, yeah. Everything is, is encapsulates everything. Like, just now what you said about Malay, like Malaysian audiences, yeah. they will only go if their friends say it's good yeah. and then say, oh, we should go and see this because yeah. it's good. You know, yeah. Same like what I said just now, you know. 
Yeah. Like what you said, it all ties there. back together. Yeah. The appreciation, the willing to pay, the evaluation. And then when things. everyone says, oh, we can't go. And then when everyone says that we can't go because it's not safe. I mean, yes, COVID-19 is still out there. Definitely, it's not safe. But when you come and say, oh, uh, Netflix is the way. Screw all cinemas. Hmm. You know, if everybody starts to blindly follow that, Malaysian cinema industry, every world cinema industry, we're in trouble. Oh, that's perfect. Because our next episode, we're going to talk about um, direct to streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, I won't say it's a problem. It is a problem. But we're going to talk about it. Sure, uh, definitely. So, so yeah, uh, that's our, our conversation today about Malaysian cinema, the industry, the government backing, the audience. And really... If the cinemas die right now after COVID, it's not really just about COVID. Uh, there's so much going against it. Yeah. The support and the audience is it's not there, unfortunately, over here in Malaysia. Hmm. Uh, the cinemas we, will always struggle. We, we've already lost video stores. Like physical video stores yeah. are gone. Only the mom and pop independent stores still remain. But yeah. those are like a handful only. Yeah. And the people who still love it, like me, Dalton, and you who are listening, we are a very minority. We're, very a, di- we're a dying breed, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Uh, take it from me, Lala. I do. I run Emanik, which is an indie cinema. And the people who come here are usually the ones who appreciate movies. And yeah. even then, it's only half who are willing to really watch independent indie, cinema, indie movies. <laughs> so, the, the, we are really in a minority here, unfortunately. Hmm. It's very hard, but yeah. Like, it's a communal experience. We go to the cinemas, we want to experience stories, not necessarily you know, as with friends or family, sometimes we go with ourselves, but we want to go with ourselves and we want to experience this story with other groups of people. That's how we grow bonds together. That's how we make friends together. We can share these stories together. Like human experience, communication, we tell stories to one another. Filmmaking, television, they're all mediums of storytelling. So to lose one gigantic, probably the biggest storytelling medium ever, you know, Arguably more than uh, book reading, it is a damn shame, you know, to lose that traditional viewing format. That is Dalton's trailer for our next episode (laughs) about going direct to streaming. (laughs) That's a really passionate plea (laughs) for cinemas to to pull through, okay? So again, uh, (laughs) thank you for uh, listening. Uh, Sorry for the break that we had. It will probably happen again because of the lockdown that's happening in Malaysia now. Yeah. Uh, um, just, just more importantly I mean for all the the rantings that we have about the state of cinema right now more importantly stay safe stay yeah. with your family your friend your wife your children anyone just stay safe be healthy be happy and if you have to watch a movie at home on Netflix it's not a problem just don't forget that the cinemas are something that should never go away <laughs> yeah I mean yes you can enjoy Netflix but when the cinemas do reopen Please show your support. So yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Follow us, tell your friends about us, share our posts because the posts are really pretty and it's very nice on your Facebook wall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.